Hey, I'm, I'm having to be a little calm this morning because this is um, this I am statement of Jesus is my favorite by miles. Um, Jesus says, I'm the vine. And so even just doing my prep this week, I've found myself so many times just getting so excited. I was talking to someone this week and I said, it's kind of bad being a pastor because I get paid to do what heaps of you would just love to do all week. I get paid to have coffee with people and pray with people, go to the hospital and meet with people that are struggling. And I get paid to study the Bible. I'm like, it's pretty legit. So thanks, team. Bad luck all of you. They're like, what? Why am I being a mechanic? I could do that pastoring thing better than that clown. So anyway, I'm really excited about this whole, um, this I am statement. This is just such a cool one. So this is the the Jesus being, um, calling himself the vine, right? Which, like a lot of these, these are just real weird sounding. Like the one Tina did last week with Jesus on the bread. You're like, what is he, like a loaf? What the heck? And then Tina did a good job of explaining it. And this is another one that's weird. So the, the crazy thing for us is we don't, we don't get it. When Jesus said this, um, he always says these in big crowds. And when he said this, that I'm the vine, there would have been a whole bunch of Jewish people. I imagine some Jewish guys standing at the back looking a lot like Jason with a glorious beard, standing at the back of the crowd just going, big call, Jesus, big call. Because they understand what he's meaning by I'm the vine. Whereas we go, the vine? Like wine? I don't know, juice? What are we? Um, when Jesus calls himself the vine, he's claiming to be the fulfillment of what Israel was meant to be in the Old Testament. Okay, So in the Old Testament, Israel was called the vine again and again and again. Every book just about in the Bible, it's the, Israel's called the vine. But they were a really bad vine. So turn to someone beside you and say, they were a bad vine. Is that good? Turn to someone. Is that good? Robert? You good? They were a really bad vine. Like literally, on, on, it's all through the Old Testament that God is the gardener and he's caring for Israel and he calls him his vine and he loves his vine and he tends his vine. He cares for his vine, but the vine are just bad. They're just bad. They keep doing bad vine things and they go off after other gardeners and they're just evil, evil, evil. And they know it because it's all through their scriptures, right? And then Jesus turns up and goes, I am the vine. And they would have all gone, whoa, that is a massive claim. Do you see the claim he's saying? He's saying, I'm the fulfillment of Israel. Y'all messed up and couldn't do it. But here I am to, to complete, to fulfill everything that Israel was meant to be in the Old Testament. Pretty massive, I reckon. Hey, so we're going to read a bunch of um, verses because I'm getting a bit crazy technical. So let's get into some verses. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Juan. I'm going to practice my Spanish. John 15. And um, that's who we're going to be based um, this morning. So we're going to be reading 1 through to 11, but we'll just read it in little chunks so we can talk about it, okay? Um, cool. All right, let me read um, this little bit. So just these first four verses, right? Um, I am the true grapevine, right? Like straight away, he's kind of slamming them, right? In other words, there were non-true grapevines that came before, and everyone's like, what? Um, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruit, uh, fruitful unless you remain in me. Um, pretty easy to understand from a vine kind of sense, but there's obviously a lot of spiritual implication that we want to unpack. So first of all, I thought we just need a little, um, a little explanation of viticulture. Anyone here a viticulturalist? Is that how you say it? Are you, Victoria? 
Of course you are. Victoria's amazing at everything. So look at this. This is from modernfarmer.com. I was like, what a legit sounding website. So I'm sure they know what they're talking about. So this is what they said. The secret to pruning grapes. Here's the secret. Grapevines produce fruit on one-year-old wood. What the heck does that mean? I was like, thank you, because i got no idea. When a, when a bud sprouts in spring and grows into a new shoot within the larger grape plant, the shoot turns from green to brown by the end of the growing season, at, at which point it is considered one-year-old wood. That's the key phrase, right? The following spring, some of the buds on one-year-old wood will grow flowers, which develop into fruit, while the buds on older wood produce only leaves or shoots. So if you're like, what is the answer? So the idea is that what they're saying is you've got to prune your grapevine down because the old wood, anything older than one year, only produces leaves. And no one, unless you're kind of strange, grows a grapevine for the leaves. They're like, yeah, look at my leaf crop. You're all after the grapes, right? So that's what they're talking about. You've got to prune it so you get lots of this one-year-old wood. And then they carry on. The primary goal of pruning is to maximize the amount of one-year-old wood on each grapevine without encouraging the plant to produce so many grape clusters that it lacks the energy and nutrients to fully ripen them. Secret, let me fin I'll do a secret note. He's going to talk, Jesus is going to talk about us fruiting. And every time I read that line, I'm like, man, we've got no problem with that, right? We have no problem with being so fruitful that Jesus doesn't have enough energy and power to sustain us. Does that make sense? I just love that. We'll come back to that. But every time I read that vine, I'm like, woo! -hoo. Um, left to its own devices, a grapevine grows to a dense mass of mostly older wood with relatively little fruiting wood each year. The dense growth leads to poor air circulation which encourages fungal disease, ill, expect to remove 70 to 90% of the previous year's growth each winter. Amazing, man. Turn to someone now and say, it's amazing what you learn in church, right? Turn to someone and say that. Is that good? <laughs> no, nah, you don't have to turn. <laughs> you don't have to turn and say that. Um, who has grapevines at home? Anyone have a grapevine? Yeah, it's kind of a New Zealand thing, eh, to have grapevines. We've got um, two grapevines. And as you all know, our sheep end up on our lawn all the time, either because they escaped, because they're evil, or uh, I'm just a bad shepherd, or sometimes it's just fun. So every now and then, we'll be at home, and we'll be sitting on the deck, and we're like, let's take the sheep out, it's really cool, because they get out, and they're just like, woohoo, and they run around like idiots. Um, the first two things they always run for is the grapevines. grapevines. They love the grapevines. And so at the moment, our two grapevines, one of them is about that long, <laughs> it's like just sticking out of the ground, and I'm like, come on, baby, you can grow this summer. Um, and then the other grapevine's about this long, because the sheep just go for it, and they prune it for me. Uh, often they ask, would you like me to prune the grapevine? I'm like, no, but then they just go and prune it, because they're just evil, evil sheep, right? Which is why we killed one the other day and ate it. It was amazing. <laughs> we actually had friends around, and they were like... We were eating lamb, we had a roast lamb, and we were eating it, and they were asking about, they were thinking of getting some sheep, and they were asking about our sheep, and I was like, um, talking about sheep escaping, and I said, if they escape too much, they end up in the freezer, and then the guy goes, is this one? I was like, yeah, it is. I was like, a week, a week ago, that was running around the paddock, but I kept escaping, so, and they were like, wow, it's great, it's yummy, and kept eating, so I was like, whew, a little bit nervous from there. All right, back to the sermon. Um, so this is the key, one of the key verses I want to pull apart, so this is from verse two, he cuts off pretty Pretty blunt statement, right? Every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. Um, this cuts off idea is, is a really powerful phrase that Jesus talks about a lot, right? Um, he often talks about, and, and you'll see it, he, he's going to say this a few times through the passage, he often talks about people that think they're part of the vine, but they're not, right? So the way he'll often say it is like, a lot of you think you're, and he'll say something like, true sons of Israel, but you're not. He'll say, some of you think you are true sons and daughters of Abraham, but you're not. And he says this to the chief priests again and again and again. 
often when he's talking to the disciples, he'll say things like, um, all of you are following the commands of the Father, but one of you is not. And he's talking about Judas, right? He does that quite often. And so quite a common thing that Jesus talks about is people that think they're connected to the vine, to use his metaphor. People that think they're Christians, think they're followers of God, but they're not. And that's what he's talking about here. And so that's why it's this kind of blunt thing. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Because fruit, like I said before, fruit's going to be something that proves that you're connected to the vine, right? Fruit's going to be something that proves you are someone who's following Jesus. So if there's no fruit, you're obviously not really connected to the vine. Does that kind of make sense? So let me explain it like this. So we have a passion fruit vine at home. Who has a passion fruit vine? Is that it? Just us. Bro, we're the only cool people. Everyone else. It's the beard thing, eh? Which I've lost. No. Um, so we have a passion fruit vine at home, and it's just insane. It just pumps out fruit every year. I do nothing to it. I don't prune it. I don't feed it. I don't know. Do you feed passion fruits? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't water. I don't nothing. It just goes fruit everywhere. It's crazy. Um, and, and one of the things, though, is that a lot of weeds grow up in the passion fruit vine because it's quite open. Um, and so often I'll be using the weed eater. I just love using the weed eater. And I'll be blasting along, you know, and I'm like trying to get the, the grass and the weeds, but I'll snip off a few vines, right, that I didn't mean to do. And then I'll come back a couple of weeks later, and what's happened to the vines that I weed eat? <laughs> They've died, right, because they're no longer connected to the vine. Does it make sense? So now I come along to those ones, and I'm like, you idiots aren't connected. You're not going to produce any fruit. And I take them, pull them out, and throw them away, right? So that's what he's talking about. There's, there's, there's vines that think they're connected, think they're plugged in, but they're not. So this, the scary thing for us, right, the big scary question for us from all that is, is simply this question here, right? Whoa, <laughs> am I actually connected to the vine, or do I just think I am? Because <laughs> Judas thought he was totally connected to Jesus, right, until right to the end. A lot of the Jewish leaders think they're connected to, to God. They think they're doing the right thing until they realize they're not. So one of the big questions we have as we, as we go through this passage is just simply that. How do I know I'm really connected to the vine? How do I know I don't just think I'm connected, but I'm really not? Right? Does that make sense, eh? To me, that's a really massive question. M- massive question, right? Okay, let's read... Um, Let's do the next verse. verse um, oh, the other thing he says in there is that he, he prunes those who produce fruit, right? And the reason I gave you that big illustration before from um, modernfarmer.com is um, one of the things that God is going to do is he's going to come along to someone who is connected, and his whole desire is that they produce more fruit for a whole bunch of reasons we're going to talk about. But one of the reasons is that then they know they're really connected because they're producing fruit. And so when it says he prunes them, what he's doing is, is revealing sin to us, Right? And he's also revealing things to us that are not sin, but they're not going to be beneficial, not going to be helpful in our lives. Paul talks about this quite a lot in his different letters. So that's what the pruning means, right? Pruning's painful, right? Don't put your hand up unless you really want to, but who just loves sin? Sin's great, man. It's terrible at the end, but sinning is often fantastic, right? Like gluttony's a sin, but man, just pigging out on roast lamb and roast vegetables is like, bring it. So when God reveals to us things that... We actually like doing, but we know we shouldn't. That's the pruning. That's the hard stuff, right, that he reveals to us. Um, And like I said, it's not always sin. It's also other things that are not beneficial to us that God's saying, no, 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 we need to to sort this. That's what that pruning means. Okay, now verse 5. This is like my favorite verse in in this little section. Let me read this. Verse 5. This is real funny. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. <laughs> Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me 
you can do nothing. Um, I just love that. Eh? It's like Jesus does this a lot where he's doing some teaching and I think he's looking around at them and they're all kind of like, what the heck? So he just goes, boom. Okay, let me just, no more crazy thing. I'm just going to say it out there. I'm the vine. You're all of the branches. If you remain in me, you're going to produce fruit. If you don't, you can't do anything, right? I love that. I love that. Um, one of the key words that he keeps using in here is this word abide, or this word remain, right? And one of the things is he hasn't really explained yet what he means by abiding or remaining. And so, and then remember, that's one of our key questions. How do I know if I'm really in the vine? How do I know if I'm really abiding? How do I know if I'm really remaining, right? Does that kind of make sense? Um, imagine a branch that, that was cut off from um, a, a tree, right? Um, a branch that was cut off from a tree. You're going to watch it over a couple of weeks, and it's just going to die and die and die, right? Lose its leaves, the bark's going to fall off, it's finally going to rot, because it's not connected into the, the, the tree in that case, right? It's not going to be able to draw up nutrients and, and goodness from the tree. And this is one of the things that Jesus keeps talking about, right? Um, a big kind of, I don't know, core statement from this to me is this kind of thing here. When I'm connected to Jesus, who he is flows into me and out of me flows the fruit of Jesus. So let me read this verse again and I'll explain what I'm saying. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but I want to focus on that, will produce much fruit. So why is it that they can produce much fruit or why is it they should just naturally fruit? And the reason is simply because we are plugged into Jesus. Does that make sense? You've got to work with me, I'm going to freak out, right? Does it make sense, eh? Yes. So as we're the branches, remember, he's the vine. So we're literally plugged into him. So as Tina talked about last week, we are going to get our nourishment from the vine, from Jesus, right? That's where our nourishment's going to come from. So if I'm nourishing myself in the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, the second person in the Trinity, then flowing into me is going to be life and power and blessing. It's just naturally going to happen. Does it make sense, eh? You're all looking at me kind of crazy. So then naturally, what's going to flow out of me? The same thing that's flowing into me from Jesus, which is going to be the fruit, right? So the fruit of the Spirit, which is you know, love. We all know this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generous, self-control, faithfulness. You know, we know that, right? That is who Jesus is. Jesus is love. Jesus is joy. Jesus is patience. Jesus is self-control. So if I'm connected to the vine, then of course that's, that, that is coming into me, and that's naturally going to come out of me, right? That's naturally going to come out of me, or it should be, and if it's not, that's where I need to ask the big question that we're talking about, what makes me think I'm connected to the vine? If the fruit of the Spirit is not just coming out of me, because that's what's coming into me, then how do I know I'm not really connected to the vine? So this is the thing, when I'm connected to Jesus, who he is flows into me, and out of me flows the fruit of Jesus, right? So this is one of, the, one of the bits that we want to talk about. How do I know if I'm abiding? How do I know if I'm remaining? How do I know if I'm really connected to the vine? Here's the first thing. Fruit. I should be fruiting, right? I should be fruiting. I should be more patient now than I was a year ago. I should be more joyful now than I was six months ago. I should be more, do you know what I mean, eh? Go through the fruit. I should be those. And it's a real easy assessment. It's terrifying, but ask your spouse. <laughs> ask your parents. Ask your friends. So... Are you seeing the fruit of the Spirit in me? <laughs> Do you see me as more joyful than I was a year ago? Do you see me more loving than I was? And if they say no, then you need to ask yourself that question. What makes me think I'm connected to the vine? Because whatever I'm connected to will flow into me and will flow out of me, right? So if you're bold, maybe this afternoon, 
text a few people or <laughs> go to your spouse and be like, hey. <laughs> Scary. Here's a couple of verses that show this from other verses, right? Um, this is one of my favorites from Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. You can see that same imagery, right? Vine branches, but this time he's talking about our roots grow down into him. I love that. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you'll, you were taught, and you'll overflow with thankfulness. Right? Let your roots grow down. Paul says the same thing in Ephesians. Um, Ephesians 3.17, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong, right? Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. It's this whole, whatever's flowing into us is going to flow out, right? So this is the question. Is the fruit of Christ flowing out of you? Is the fruit of Christ flowing out of you? So that's the first thing. How do I know if I'm abiding? How do I know if I'm connected? First thing is fruit. I've got to be seeing fruit. If I'm not seeing fruit, then I, I just have to ask myself that question. What makes me think I'm in the vine? Does it make sense? Are you with me? Man, I just feel like you're all looking at me like, what is that guy saying up there? I'm saying crazy stuff. All right, let's do the next verse, eh? So 6 to 8. Verses 6 to 8. Um, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. And verse 7 is just crazy. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. <laughs> And it'll be granted. I love that, eh? When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So verse 8, you, you see it now, eh? It makes total sense. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Or, or the way I'm kind of saying it is when you produce much fruit, it shows that you're my disciples, right? It makes sense, right? We should be seeing that fruit in our lives. Um, but I want to go back to verse 7 because I just find that so cool. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Who's pretty pumped that verse is in the Bible? Anyone? Okay, there's like five of us. Man, audience participation today is just shocking. Um, I'm excited about this because I really want to get a new car, right? So my car is slowly dying, and it's very small, and it's really gutless. And where we live, there's big hills. And often I hit the hills, my foot's flat, and I'm just like going really slow. It's terrible. So I really want a new car. So what this verse is saying is that I can ask Jesus for a new car, right? Ask anything, and you get it. Um, my laptop, which I love, don't listen to this beautiful laptop. This laptop's now six years old. There's a couple of keys that don't work properly, which is real funny when I write emails and I go back and I'm like, oh, that's right, the G, G, G. Um, so again, that's what he said, right? He asked anything, he'll give you whatever you want. So I asked for a new laptop, boom, instant new laptop, right? No, of course not. We know, yeah, I know, I wish, right? Um, the key to remember is who I'm connected to, right? The key to remember is who I'm connected to. I'm connected to the creator of the universe. I'm connected to someone who is all-powerful <laughs> and someone who, no matter how crazy I think I am, someone who loves me like crazy and thinks I'm awesome, right? So why would I be so lame as to ask for a new car or a new laptop? I mean, Jesus can sort that. If Jesus wants me to get a car, he can sort that, right? He can sort a laptop. But this is the kind of thing I want to ask for, right? I can ask for divine guidance in a tough situation. I can ask for healing for myself or someone I care about. I can ask for power or wisdom or insight or discernment or blessing from the creator and the sustainer of the universe because I'm connected to him. And who'd want to ask for a car when you could ask for anything? <laughs> Again, because I'm the branch and I'm connected to the vine and the, the, the power, the authority, the blessing, the goodness of Jesus Christ is flowing into me. 
that's what he means when he says, man, you can ask anything in my name. And it's like, man, I really can. I really can call out to, to God for the most incredible, amazing things ever. I just love that. I love that verse. I love that verse. Okay, let's read the last few verses here, verses 9 to 11. Um, so, so don't forget, our big question is, how do I know if I'm really connected, right? How do I know if I'm abiding or remaining, um, depending on your translation, I'll be using those words. And, and the first thing we've talked about is fruit. There should be fruit. If I'm not seeing fruit, I need to be asking myself some big questions, right? And he's going to say two more here. Um, so verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with joy. Yes, your joy, uh, filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Man, I, I love this. Eh? So the next one's real simple, right? First one's fruit. The second thing I'm going to see is that I'm going to obey the commands of Jesus, right? Pretty simple, right? Abiding is simply obeying the commands of Jesus. And you might go, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. This whole Jesus thing and following is so confusing. How am I meant to know what are the commands of Jesus? Is there special, significant ones? Is it the whole Bible? What, what are you talking about? And the thing I love about the Bible is that, it, to me, it's pretty easy to understand in parts, and that God will always illuminate to us whatever we need to really understand. Um, so if you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, hang on, I'm working on the fruit thing. I think I'm seeing fruit. That's good. How do I know what the commands of Jesus are? Then the easy thing you've got to do is just read the Bible. Pretty simple, right? Um, I'd encourage you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? I love that. I read other bits, but at the moment, I'm just loving being in the Gospels and just reading the story of Jesus, yeah? So I've been reading through John, um, read through John a bunch of times, and now I'm just going through Mark and just loving it. And the crazy thing that happens is as I'm reading Mark, I'm seeing the commands of Jesus. It's not rocket science. And the crazy thing that happens, which is a good thing, but also like, oh, man, thing is that the Spirit will illuminate to me certain commands that I really need to take notice of, right? So I'm literally reading through, and I'm like, man, I'm reading through this, and it's like, <sighs> it's a command of Jesus, and I'm connected to the vine, so I need to obey this. So with my real honesty pants on, there was a situation I had yesterday, and I wanted to do something evil, <laughs> and I was having my quiet time in the morning, and I was like, just so clearly God going, well, you've got a choice, Craig. You can literally obey the command of Jesus, or you can go and do your own thing. And I was like, oh, if I hadn't read the Bible this morning, I could have, it wasn't like I was going to kill people or anything. It was just like a little silly thing. But I was like, yeah, and it was kind of exciting to me because the whole day I was kind of wrestling with that choice. But I was going, no, I'm a child of God. I'm connected to the vine. I'm, a, I'm abiding. I'm obeying the command of Jesus. So if you want to know what are the commands of Jesus, just be reading the Gospels, right? Okay, last verse, um, verse 11. I love this verse, eh? This is so cool. Um, John 15, 11. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. There's two things in this verse that just make me go, oh my goodness. The first one is you'll be filled with my joy. Now that just blows me away because he doesn't just say you'll be filled with joy, but he says you will have the joy of God in your soul. Does it make sense, eh? That, does it make sense to anyone? Yeah. No? Shot, Johanna, because that to me is another whole level of joy. He's not just saying you'll experience human joy that's good and wonderful. He's saying the joy that you will have if you abide with me and if you're fruiting, if you're obeying my commands, you will have my joy, the joy of the creator of the universe in you. 
And I love the next bit, right? You will overflow with joy. So often I've talked when I've been preaching about how there's tough seasons in life and it can be hard and that, but if you're a follower of Jesus, in the midst of all the craziness, you should know deep in your soul that you're connected, that you've got the joy. He's got you, right? I've talked a lot about that. But the other side that I don't talk about a lot is, is there should be times in your life when you're connected with Jesus where you literally just find yourself going, whoa, shivers. Or you're driving in your car with worship music on and you have to pull over because you're just so overwhelmed with the goodness of God in your life. Or you look back on your life, remember some of the terrible sins you've done, and then you realize that God has forgiven you and you just find yourself going, oh man. There has to be times when the joy of God, not just your joy, the joy of God just overwhelms you, yeah? One of the things that happens to me is I apologize to my ears. I've told you this before, right? Sometimes I'm driving in my car. I often listen to sermons and all that crazy stuff, but often I'll just have worship music on. And every now and then, I just feel so close to God. And I'll literally say, I'm sorry, ears. I just need to worship like crazy. And I just crank it. <laughs> and it's so loud. But I'm just loving it. And often I'm coming on the freeway just worshiping away like an idiot. And I'll see people pull up beside me. And I'm just like, one hand on the steering wheel, like, Jesus, just, just worshiping. And I'm just so filled with joy. I just love it. So what, this is the other thing I want to say. We've got to have fruit. We've got to have um, obedience to the commands of Christ. But there must be times when we are just overwhelmed with joy. There must be times when we're just like, oh man, I can't believe God has got me. I can't believe I'm standing in church and Nick's leading us in worship. And I just know the presence of Jesus. I, do you know what I mean? If you're not having that, then again, there's something wrong. There's, there's something wrong. How do you know you're really abiding, right? Okay, let me finish with a C.S. Lewis quote, just because I haven't done any C.S. Lewis quotes lately, which is terrible, right? I love this quote. This is from my favorite C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. They are not a sort of prize which God could, if he chose, just hand out to anyone. I love that, eh? There's this intentionality needed. There's this obligation for us to connect and to plug in and to be drawing up our nourishment from Jesus, right? Man. Okay, Etu, let's um, stand up and lead us in a prayer, and then Mahalia is going to come up and send us out. Let me pray for us. Yeah, Almighty God, thank you for the clarity that Jesus brings in, in this cool passage in John. I th- thank you that I, I think that question is so crucial to us. How do I know I'm really abiding? How do I know I'm really remaining? How do I know I'm really connected to the vine? Um, yeah, I just pray for, for anyone right now that's listening, eh? Anyone here? Um, anyone listening on the podcast that's just right now going, whoa, hang on, hang on, how do I know if I'm really connected? I know your spirit can reveal things to us, and I pray that he would reveal to them whether they are connected or not. Are they just believing they are, but they're not? Are they really connected? If they are, can you show them they are fruiting? Maybe the fruit's small, (laughs) and they're missing it, but that they are fruiting. Help them to see that even though it might be small, they are obeying the commands of Christ. And help them to see there really are times when they are just overwhelmed with your joy, not just their joy, your joy. You keep confirming to us that we are connected to the vine.
help our roots to be growing down really strongly into you, God, and to be drawing up nourishment, a power, clarity. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the vine, eh? And and on one hand, we're just the branches, but then on the other hand, wow, we are the branches connected to you. Amazing. What a blessing it is. Yeah. Yeah, praise the name of Jesus. Amen.